morning and welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. You've joined the greatest and fastest growing podcast on YouTube and in America. I'm glad that you joined me live this morning. Grab your Bible, grab a notepad, and take some notes with me this morning as we go through six points right here at 6 a.m. on how words can affect your life. Today's The title of today's show is What You Say Affects Your Life. And I want to talk to you, give you a few scriptures that you can jot down, maybe study at your own pace, but I'm going to give you six points at 6 a.m. as to what you say affects your life and what the Bible says about what goes in and how it comes out. Let's pray this morning and then we're going to get right into the Bible. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We lift you up. We exalt you. We take this time to magnify you, to worship you. Lord, we're in, we're in no rush this morning. We know we have a timed program and there's things that we have to do today, but we give you the first of our day. We give you the very first of our awake day, of our alive day, what we have to do, what all the things that we have prioritized for today. We set that aside just for a moment and we take this time to worship you, magnify you, Lord, give you attention and glory. We thank you for who you are, what you have done, what you are doing, what you will do, what you're going to do with us and through us. But Lord, we just love you for who you are. Even if you've done nothing else for us the rest of our life, we thank you for who you are and what you have done. We love you, Lord. We just ask today that you'd help us. Empower us with your word. Strengthen us with your word. Give us insight. Give us wisdom. And we thank you that your word is full of these things. And we just ask and receive it now by faith. And we call it done. We call ourselves full of wisdom and insight for our future and power and anointing for our day and for our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I Let me say this too. I come against any attack of the enemy against your life. I speak against you now. Satan, you have to loose your hold. In Jesus' mighty name. You'll be free. You'll win. You'll overcome this thing, whatever you're dealing with. In Jesus' name. Well, let's get into this. Turn with me in your Bible to Matthew 15. Point number one on what you say will affect your life. Write this down. Words contain ability to swing your life around, good or bad. Turn with me into Matthew 15. Jesus here is talking in Matthew 15 specifically to his, uh, I wouldn't say his counterparts, but some of the uh, religious folk of the day that had a problem with what his disciples did, what he was doing. And he explains to them that it's not so much, I'm paraphrasing his, his story in Matthew 15 or his conversation, but he says it's not so much what goes in food-wise, physical food. It's not so much that goes what goes in the body that's going to defile the person because that was the debate that they were having. Oh, you know, you guys eat this particular thing or whatever the case is. But he's saying it's not what goes in the body that defiles the man, the food that goes in it, but it's what comes out. And then he, in another example we're going to read here later in one of these points is Jesus talks about in Matthew 12 that the abundance of what's inside of you is what comes out of you. So it has to be something that goes into you, but it's not the physical food. That's what he's talking about in Matthew 15. But here's the, the paraphrasing of what he says down to the bottom of that verse and that chapter. In verse 17, he says, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is, and is eliminated? Use your imagination. What happens when food goes inside your body? What happens to it? A lot of it gets absorbed. Some of it stays on parts of your body. You understand what I mean by that? Some of it leaves your body, and you can speculate to know what I mean by that. So Jesus said some of it goes in your mouth and into your stomach, and it's eliminated. Verse 18, but those things which proceed out of your mouth come from the heart, and they do defile a man. 
For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So here he's talking about physical food does not defile you, but he's saying what does come out of you actually does defile you. So point number one is words contain the ability to swing your life good or is to swing your life around good or bad they have a power to them you could think of words my pastor gave me this example as words being a capsule like a pill capsule you know if you've ever taken uh, pills that come in a, a clear capsule and you can see the powder inside of it well that pa- that capsule the pill itself right the capsule itself doesn't contain any ability it's what's it with inside that capsule that carries the ability to affect you uh, uh, well and good and to have a major effect on your life. I'm jumping down to one of the other points, but you can write this point down as well. Staying the course, this is point number six, but you can write it down. We'll get to it in just a minute. Uh, staying the course. One time saying something, one time doing something, like brushing your teeth, like working out and lifting weights doesn't do a lot. It does help. It doesn't make it worse, but it doesn't make it immediate effects like that you can see immediately. So having words and taking one pill, like taking medication one time or taking a vitamin, a daily vitamin or, or nutrients every day uh, or one time, right? Just once doesn't have major effects. It's good. It, it's better than not doing it, but it doesn't have a lasting effect until it's done repeatedly. And this is your words. Your words are like a capsule. They, you, you don't, you can't just say something one time or something be just off the cuff. That's why I'm so against people being corrected, like in the moment, right? Somebody says something and you go, Oh, watch what you say. Watch, you know, that doesn't have such a major effect because the thing that you're telling them to do and correcting them to do isn't the abundance of their heart. So is it really going to change or are you just trying to show off how you know what to say and what you're really full of? It's more of an ego thing. And you kind of come across egotistical when you're like, hey, uh, you know, watch your confession. Don't say those things. Really, that's more annoying than anything else when you do that to somebody because they're not full of that thing yet. They haven't been full of that. So to tell someone to change their words right now one time, not going to have major effect. But when you instill so you'd be better off telling that person, hey, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to call you every day at 8 a.m. And I'm going to tell you we're going to confess the word together every day. And I'm going to begin to to teach you things about the word for five minutes every morning at 8 a.m. You'd be better off doing that than stopping. But it's too easy, right, to to just stop the mid-sentence as they're in conversation and you show them how mightily spiritual you are by correcting them. That doesn't really help anybody. It really had never has and it never will. You're really just showing off who you are and you're boasting about things. So uh, point number one is words contain ability to swing your life around good or bad. Number two, what goes in must come out. Turn to Proverbs chapter four. What goes in must come out. Proverbs chapter four. Jesus gave us a great example in Matthew 15 that it's not what is going in food wise or how the food goes in or what food goes in that defiles the man. It's what comes out of the heart that defiles a man. And now what I want to talk to you about is what goes in eventually has to come out of your life. Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 says, my son, give attention. 
You know, attention is a commodity. You can only you can only give so much of it. There's a little bit of it. You have it. You can only give so much of it. But he says, give attention to my words. Incline your ear. More more ways of saying give attention to. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of what? Out of your heart. Protect the inner being. The Greek word, I, I had it down this morning. Uh, I didn't write it down, but I had it up this morning in the uh, in the Strong's Concordance. Uh, the translation, uh, the the Greek translation of, uh, not the Greek rather, the, the Hebrew translation of heart and what it means to be the inner being, even an inanimate object. It's the most inner part is what this this particular word heart means. It's the most inward part of you, of your being. It says, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence for out of it, out of what? Out of your heart springs the issues of life. So that's where the things come from. It's within your heart. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Your eyelids, eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Don't let do not turn to the right or to the left and remove your foot from evil. So there's a lot of attention to, listen now, not just the words you speak. He does mention that. Put perverse lips far from you. But he says, let your eyes look straight. Let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder your path. Ponder your path. Think about where you're going. Think about, put conscious effort into what is going on around you, where your life is, what you're doing. Put a conscious effort into these things. Why? Because what you put yourself around, where you go, what you look at, how you listen, what you listen to is going to affect what is filling up your heart. So number two is uh, what goes in must eventually come out. Uh, Number three, I want you to write this down. You repeat only what you're full of. Now, I'm not saying the one-offs. One time you slip up, and we're going to read here in James 3 in a minute about everybody stumbles and messes up. But I'm not talking about the one-offs. I'm talking about what you're actually full of, what you have a full ability of based on what has gone into you is what comes out of you regularly, what you constantly say, what the things, not things that have to be worked up and and you know, fabricated to say so that you sound spiritual or that you sound like you're believing and in, in faith towards God. I'm talking about what you in, genuinely inside who you are, what you're full of is going to eventually pop out of you. It's going to spring forth. Proverbs four says it's going to spring forth out of you. So uh, turn to me to Matthew 12. Now, number three, you repeat what you're full of, not just what you say once, not just what you say once or twice, what is coming out of you repeatedly. Uh, Matthew 12 and 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. Root of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you think about a tree. A tree can't produce a good tree. A healthy tree can't produce bad, unhealthy fruit. 
it's going to produce good, healthy fruit. But if you were to get one bad fruit on that tree, would you cut the whole tree down? Of course not. You'd figure out what, what that fruit came from, whatever the case is, but you'd still deem it a good tree. And if a bad tree produced one off fruit that's good and healthy and doesn't have any problems, you wouldn't say, well, this tree's good now because it's just one off. But that tree that produces a majority of its fruit that are evil or bad or rotten or whatever the case is, that is a bad tree. So the, the root has to be changed. Just changing the fruit, picking the fruit off is not going to have any effect. What your words are, are in abundance. What he says in verse 34, out of the abundance or the overflow or the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks from that. Out of that fullness, the mouth speaks from that. Verse 37, jump down. For by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. So your words actually take into account what's been filling you up. And it can't just be, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna change my words today. I'm going to say something different today. And that be the end of it. No, it has to. That's a great place to go. I'm okay with that. I'm not saying, I'm saying, fire off every all the shots that you can but it has to get to a point where the input what what's getting input to you just like if you want to lose weight if you're if you're not happy with your weight it could be uh you're not at the you, you know you want to build muscle mass and you want to get bigger in size and with muscle or you want to lose weight and knock some pounds off you have it's not just going to take effect by you going to the gym only and expressing the outward side you have to begin to change the input whether you want to go up or down in size you have to change the input of what goes into you and it, you know I, growing up in church being around churches and, and church people as often as i can so many people superficially meaning just surface level want to change the appearance of things without changing the root of things you can't have that. Well, you can do whatever you want to do, but if you want lasting effects, if you want true effects from the power of God's word, it has to be something that changes inwardly before it changes outwardly. So number three, you repeat what you're full of. Number four, the tongue cannot be trained. You can't tame your tongue. Meaning this, going back to what we're saying, you can't tame your tongue to do things that you want it to do to, to appear like it's doing the right or wrong thing or, or that it's doing the right thing. You can't tame your tongue. Turn with me into James chapter 3. I'm going to prove this to you. James chapter 3 gives us a very good example of what a tongue does and what the ability of the tongue is. So your tongue, it's unruly. It does what it knows to do. That's, that means it flows. Your tongue is like a, um, uh, um, your tongue is like a, a shredder. If you put it like, you know, I'm talking about like a paper shredder or you've seen maybe on, on online, you've seen these videos of these big shredders that they put like cars into or massive things into that, that kind of grind together like this. And then anything they put in the middle of it, it just eats it up and gnaws it all to death. That's a shredder. It doesn't care what gets put inside of it. All it's going to do is what it knows to do. That's what you could. That's a great example of what a tongue is. Your tongue, your, your mouth, your tongue, what it speaks is not, you can't tame it to do what you want it to do. All you can do, let me prove it to you. 
James chapter 3. I'm going to show it to you, and then I'm going to give you the solution on what you can do to get it doing what you need it to do because you can't train it. You know, James, let me just, let me jump down to this. Start in uh, James chapter 3. Go down to verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. So he's saying the tongue is so uh, uh, intertwined with, with our whole being. He says the tongue is so set among or intertwined with our members or the rest of our body that it defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of nature and is is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, reptile, or creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by by mankind. So he's saying you can tame an, an animal, you can tame a dog, you can tame a lion, you can, I, I've seen, I've even seen people tame alligators and reptiles. I, you can tame, you know, animals, the animal kingdom. But then he goes in verse eight, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. That's why it's so unnecessary. Oh, I hope this, I hope this affects somebody that's listening that does this to people. Hey, watch your confession. Watch your confession. It doesn't help anybody. It just shows you. You just you trying to show off how spiritual and accurate you are, but it doesn't help anybody. And when you really get to a point in your life where you really actually authentically want to help people, then you give them anecdotes and solutions that will actually help their life. And stopping them in mid sentence in church, you know, at a restaurant or where or wherever you're at, and saying, "Hey, that's a bad confession," doesn't help anything. It just makes you seem superior, which I know that's your goal anyway, is to seem superior. But if you really want to help people, you can't tame the tongue. You can't just tell you, you know, put good things on your mind or, or you know, try and write down things to say to make good confession. You have to get it inside of you. It has to become a part of you. Uh, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With, with it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men. So the tongue, it's it's like money. Tongue is, uh, money is not good or evil. Money is an inanimate object and it is utilized by good people and utilized by bad people. Your tongue's the same way. Your tongue doesn't know what to say or what to do. It just repeats what it's been influenced by, which is your heart, your inner being. It's only repeating what's it, what it's been influenced by. So you can't just tame it and be like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say things differently. I got, you know, I gotta really change my confession. You can't, you can't do that. You have to change the input. You have to change what's going into you. And if uh, mundane, ineffectual nonsense is being put inside of you regularly, that's what the, the kind of things that are going to come out of you. Not power. Not might. Not spiritual things. That's where God. That's where the power of God lies. Is within serious, spiritual, power-filled, anointed things that you put inside of you. Now, there's time of your day you may listen to mundane or just you know stuff that doesn't you know have superpower effect for your life. There may be time that you do that, but you should have time and your in your day that you put things inside of you that can affect 
what your tongue does because your tongue's not going to be whipped into shape. You're not going to get your tongue to a place where you want it to do what you want it to do. It's got. It's only going to do what it has been fed to do. That's what your tongue does. The only thing it's been fed to do. So number four, the tongue cannot be tamed or co- coerced. It only repeats what it knows to do. It, do. it does what it's supposed to do every day, and it repeats what's on the inside of you. Change what goes in, it'll, it'll change uh, what comes out. Going back to the beginning of chapter three, verse two. James says, for we all stumble in many things. Like I was telling you before, we're going to mess up. We're going to say things. But he says this, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So wait a second. So he said, verse five says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So what is he saying? A perfect man? Well, when we use the word perfect here, like he's using in the Bible, he's not talking about flawless. He just, he is admitting to you. He like set that up perfectly. We all stumble. But if you don't stumble in word, so it's not that you're perfect human being in terms of flawless. He's saying you have reached maturity. You're maturing. Those that have matured, that they're a perfect man also bridles that, that that you can manage that tongue or what comes out of that tongue anyway. So he's really saying this because he goes on in verse eight, like we said, no man can tame the tongue. So he's really saying this. If you can tame the tongue, you're a perfect man. So we know we can't tame the tongue. So he must be saying anybody who can manage perfectly or maturely what gets inserted inside, that person is a perfect maturing person. If you can manage what goes inside of you and that thus producing the outcome that you want to see, that is how you steer your life. And number six, point number six is stay the course. You can't do these things once in a while. That'd be like, you know, brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth does nothing one time. It's better than not doing it. I can promise you that. But brushing your teeth one time does almost nothing. But brushing your teeth day after day, morning, maybe afternoon, nighttime, day after day, continually brushing your teeth, you will see effects continually in your life from what you continually do. But going to the gym one time, lifting weights, yeah, it's better than not doing it that one time, right? It's better than having not done it that day. But it doesn't produce results one time that you can see. So yeah, you're, you may not see results one time that you read the Bible. Is it better than not doing it? Absolutely. Reading the Bible is always better than not reading the Bible. But doing it one time, you may not see any effects from it. It's when you do it day after day. Going to church one time. Yeah, it could be a great thing. You could have a major impact and be touched majorly one time going to church could happen, but it may not have lasting effects in your life forever could dynamically change the projection of your life, but there's going to have to be some follow-up to that one time doesn't change it. So one confession. So again, ease up on people. It doesn't help them. You want to really help people take someone aside, sit down, study with them daily. Well, well, Dylan, I don't really have time for that. Then shut your mouth when they say something wrong. If you don't have time to invest in it, just leave them alone. Let them say what they say 
and leave them alone. You're not spiritually over anybody. You're not a superior person. I'm not a superior person. But I want to, this this to me is doing more for people than it is to stop them and say, hey, watch your confession. So, you know, give me a break, man. That doesn't help anybody. But continually being consistent, repeatedly, day after day, doing something mounts up to where I've inserted things in me that can have an effect on something that's untamable. You can't tame your tongue, but I can tame what my tongue does. I can tame what my tongue repeats. It's going to do what it's supposed to do day after day after day after day. So I'm going to make sure what it does, I'm going to change the input of that thing. You know, it's like a filter system or filtration system. You put some nasty corroded stuff in there. It's going to gunk that thing up. It's going to churn in there. But you start putting some clean things through that, the proper things through that. It's going to begin to filter that thing and circulate that better and have a better flow to it. That's what you have to do with the word. You have to keep it in the right place regularly, not just one time. So again, this was what you say affects your life. What words come out, but it's not just the words that you say one time. It's what's continually coming out of your mouth based on what continually gets placed inside of you. Hope this helped you today. This has been six points at 6 a.m. You got some good nuggets today, some good scriptures. This has been a great week. I encourage you to share this podcast with somebody, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you're on YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening from. Thank you, and be sure to subscribe to whatever platform you're on. That way I know who's watching, what we're doing good, what you like, what you don't like, and we can continue to improve on these things. But I hope this blessed you today, and you're a blessing to me studying with me here in the morning. I love you so much. I'm thankful for you. Again, share this podcast, subscribe, like the channel, like the page, and like this video. And I'll see you on the next broadcast. Love you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.